Welcome to the Art of Humanity with Jessica Ann. Listen for fresh perspectives with artists, leaders, authors, and entrepreneurs. Explore creativity and consciousness. Evolve your business with the Art of Humanity. Now, here's your host, Jessica Ann. Welcome to another episode of The Art of Humanity, where we explore creativity and consciousness to allow you and your business to evolve. Today, I'm thrilled to have with me Tony Bennett. He's a former mortgage banker turned visual artist who ditched his desk for adventures in the outdoors. In addition to being Insta-famous, he's a Huffington Post contributor and influence marketer who has worked on Instagram projects with Fortune 500 companies like GM, Verizon, and Pepsi. Hi, Tony. Thanks so much for being with me today. You're very welcome. It's great to be here. So, Tony, you're a visual artist who has a natural gift as a storyteller. And I came across your work, I think it was around April of 2012. What was going on at that time in your life when you were working at that sales job? Instagram was still the quiet, curated library. And what went through your mind at that time to make you say, you know what? screw my desk job. I want to be an Instagram adventurer. Well, it, it didn't happen overnight. So tell and me. Yeah. Well, well yeah, well, we're going to start. We're, we're going to rewind back to April of 2012. It's funny you brought that up because that's the exact month that I joined Instagram. Awesome. It was a- April 5th. And <laughs> I was pretty jealous of iPhone users and this, you know, app I started hearing more about. You know, as you called the quiet curated you know, library, but you know, all I heard is you know, the photo sharing app, photo sharing app, and I was like, why can't I have it? Because I've I've always had Androids, and then it came out for Android, and I downloaded it that day, and you know, picked up on it pretty quick. So that's a big risk for someone who had a stable, secure job, and you were working in the banking industry, and and what made you decide to really hop on over to the Instagram world professionally? I know that you said it took time and it wasn't an instant thing, but what made you decide to to really go that route and become a visual artist? I think it all boils down to passion, Jessica, because um, you know after you know spending the better part of a decade in financial sales, I had grown stressed out overweight, uptight, and, you know, I wouldn't have considered myself necessarily a happy person to be around. And once I started getting in tune with my artistic side and I became more relaxed and, you know, while my productivity went down while I was still working, um, my happiness started to increase. And I think it was just a, you know, cost benefit analysis internally, whether, you know, it was worth letting go a lot of money for better quality of life and happiness. So tell me more about that. Maybe there are other listeners out there who are in sales jobs and they're not really in tune with their creativity and they want to do something that they're passionate about. Do you have any advice for people who might want to go that route? Yeah, definitely. You know, it sales in general and, you know, I'd hope people would try to bring creativity into their job, but it's it's a different sort of thing when you see it there in front of you. I mean, you can be creative mentally, but once you get the you know visual element in it, then it really allows you to expand your context and you start seeing things differently. So my my advice would be, as far as if they were considering making a transition, would be to do it slowly. I mean, 
you, you have to have a big audience to jump out there and, you know, become an influencer, get paid to do some different promotions and work with companies. So starts, you know, start it off and uh, before you make the switch or, you know, save up some money before you do that, because it's a little bit of tough sledding. You lost over 50 pounds by ditching your desk job and yeah. the couch, and now you're enjoying the hillsides, the open seas, and the clouds. And even though you're an adventurer on Instagram, you're still a somewhat normal human, as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm, I'm, I've been too much of a mystery. I'm, I'm thinking uh, that's that's going to change in the coming years or coming months, even. Mm-hmm. Is that you know I'm going to put myself more out there as far as you know selfies and you know the Snapchat. And I've been boycotting Snapchat for a few years, but it's come to the point where you know it's mainstream enough that. You know, I, I'm losing out or, you know, not keeping up if I don't get on it. But, you know, I'll start shooting videos and doing more podcasts because it's not like I'm shy in front of a camera or, you know, on a microphone. It can be pretty entertaining. So, you know, yeah, I guess I am regular, but I do have a, you know, penchant to entertain. So talk me through like a typical day in your life. Do you set a schedule for when you take these photos and... You know, what, what is it about the sunsets and the sunrises and, and nature that really calls to you and makes you want to share? Oh, well, I mean, a lot of it just has to do with the beauty of it and seeing new things and, you know, new challenges. I mean, when you work 10, 12 hours a day at a desk, I mean, you're, you, that's your world. And, you know, you may not have the energy to get out there and you know, do any exploring after. I found that, you know, it's allowed me to really challenge myself. Some of the trips that I went on and, you know, I'm still start, you know, starting out with the major, you know, Nat Geo style expeditions, but you know, I took one uh, to a place called Turnip Rock, where there's uh, you know, almost a seven mile hike, uh, two degree, you know, winter night and frozen ice to, you know, see this geological formation and take pictures of it. One of the words you used before is context. And I think with Instagram, context is huge on this platform. And it's something that's really important because it's a visual platform like Pinterest. But on both of these visual platforms, the status quo is to post these inspirational quotes and memes and stuff. And and on Instagram, you really need to have context behind each photo and image that you post. So how important is it to try and not post, you know, these types of things like memes and, and inspirational stuff, even though, you know, you might find them really inspirational for you? How important is it to be truly unique with your images on Instagram? That's a fabulous question. And I think it's twofold because, you know, what I think a lot of people might not realize necessarily, it's not so much that the quotes are bad or that, you know, they're not motivational, like you said, but it's Instagram rewards content creators. The users there want to see what you're capable of. They want to hear your story and see it through your eyes, not someone else's or, you know, with the repost. I mean, there's a place for, you know, big pages, you know, that are hubs to tell you who to follow, but the average everyday user reposting someone else's work is it, it just going to end up, you know, you'll be treading water forever and ever because Instagram users want to know you, not what you can repost. And that's the problem with a lot of people coming over from Facebook and Twitter is 
that they're used to sharing other people's content and, you know, in Facebook and Twitter, you're encouraged to, it's good, you know, sharing other people's stuff, but they realize that Instagram's more, more about what you can do than what you can share. And that's what the biggest part of it is, I think. It takes a little bit more, um, you know, thought and, and meaning behind what you put into it. So do you think that people or brands who use Instagram as a purely visual medium without any maybe witty captions, do they miss out when they don't use words along with their photos? Or is there a way to be so visually expressive on Instagram that words aren't necessary? That's another good question. And I think it's it's a large part subjective because um, in short, yes, I would agree that, you know, having you know, thoughtful captions or pertinent captions or well, well thought out or effective. I think you, they're missing out on the opportunity if they don't use it. But on the other hand, you know, some big brands, I mean, they just have the recognition where people are going to like their stuff or engage with their stuff because they're them. If you're not established though, yeah, you're definitely missing out an opportunity to tell more of your story. The, the picture's the hook. I mean, you can write whatever you want in the caption. If, if you're not posting good visuals, not as many people are going to read those captions. So that's the hook. I mean, for example, you know, Emmy Toms, E-M-I-T-O-M-S, she's doing great. Her name's Emily. And when it comes to mind of, you know, who's top of the line for doing that, you know, other than myself, like you said, you said that really good. Um, she's mm-hmm. someone that I think of uh, in you know, people, you can just read the comments, how much she impacts people every day. I mean, she's got, you know, maybe 10,000 or 12,000 followers. It's not a huge audience, but it's growing so fast because, you know, she's, uh, you know, ideal for how to, you know, make an impact on Instagram. So how would you recommend building your audience? Um, you know, if you're just starting out on Instagram and you don't have a lot of followers, you're still capturing amazing photos and you're, putting some thought behind the captions, and you're still not really getting momentum or building the audience that you want. What are some things that you would advise people to do? Are there any strategies that you did for yourself? And, and how do you recommend growing your audience on Instagram? Yeah, there, there's a number of different ways to do that. And what it comes down to is a lot, a lot of people don't seem willing to put forth the requisite amount of effort that it's going to take on Instagram. I mean, there's millions and millions and millions of followers, but most of them don't know you exist. So that's the way that I looked at it is you you have to find a way to make people know, make your presence known to them, whether it's through a like or a comment or a follow. And I'll get a little bit more into the different methods, depending on how nerdy you want me to get. But Mm -hmm. that's the thing. It's being an active non-follower. Most people will open they'll open their Instagram feed, like who they're following, reply to their comments and close it. But that's not going to get you, you know, much presence outside the people that you already follow and most likely follow you. You got to find people that aren't following you to get them to follow you. That's the first thing and a large part, the disconnect. You got to find them. How would you find them? Do you use hashtags a lot on Instagram? You know, they, I don't think that's necessarily the most effective way, uh, though, you know, it is better than doing absolutely nothing. What I did is found users who have similar photos to mine 
but we're bigger. Mm-hmm. And I would actually open up, you know, click on the number of likes to find out who was liking those pictures at that time. And I would go like their photos. And knowing that, hey, they already like pictures like mine and they're on Instagram right at this moment. And it'd be amazing that people I would have never ever seen their pages because they don't post much or tag much that boom, they know about me just by liking three of their photos. Now it helps, you know, like you said, they have really good photos or, you know, give people a reason to follow you. But once you've given people a reason to follow you, you got to make them know that you're there. And what makes people go out of their way? I notice that sometimes, you know, they'll like a few photos and they'll take notice of you, but they won't actually go that extra step and become a follower. What makes people, you know, that are pretty big on Instagram go out of their way and wants to follow you? Oh, the I still have a problem with some of the the mega superstars following me. It it, it it's you know that's it, the thing about Instagram is it you know the whole thing with context and you know perception. A lot of it has to do with perception of popularity, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, you know people tend to follow too many people or have a ratio right around one to one where they follow just about as many people as they have following them. And there's actually a term for it nowadays. You know, <laughs> I think it was published in the oh, Wall Street Journal or Washington Times, uh, the cool ratio. You yeah. don't want it to be <laughs> one to one. You, you want to have, you know, at least two to one, three to one. Once you get to four to one, then just based on that alone, say you have a thousand followers, you're only following 250. You're going to look cool because, oh, my gosh, the they have 750 people following them that they don't follow. They must do something good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just that simple psychological you know, perception advantage that makes a big deal. It does. I don't have scientific facts to prove it, but. Yeah, so it's mostly just, you know, a psychological thing where. So whatever I say is true, didn't you know? That? <laughs> Always, Tony Bennett. So you mostly shoot nature photos, and you're someone that puts a lot of thought behind each image. And earlier in our conversation, you mentioned that, you know, you rarely do post selfies, but you mentioned that you might get more into that. I remember that when you did post a selfie, I think it was back in the winter of last year, you felt the wrath of some of your followers. What is it about the selfie that is so divisive? And do you recommend that people post selfies or do you think that this is going to slowly go out of style? It's a, it's a good question. And I don't know if I'm going to necessarily answer it in the way you want or expected. I guess there would be a better word. But people <laughs> definitely have a place in pictures. What I'm seeing and noticing the trend of is portraits. And it's something I have to do a much better job of is, you know, posting pictures with people in it, even if it's, you know, not like a face shot or a head glamour shot. But just in general, I think, it get, you know, people in your photos gives it a more, you know, story feel to it. And it, you know, allows people to connect with it even more so. I've noticed you know, that trend, you know, a lot of the popular, you know, even more popular users are, are, are focusing on portraits and Instagram, you know, recommends tag make portraits. So there's a big push for that. And when it comes to selfies, on the other hand, if you do it, you know, as part of the scene, I'm not sure if you saw my post uh, three, four days ago, 
but I was doing some night shots, capturing the Milky Way with the flashlight in my hand. And you know, I put my camera on a timer and then went out there and held my pose for 20 seconds while I captured it. You know, that's technically a selfie, but you know, that's not so much divisive. I mean, people look at it more for the overall picture. Now the selfies, it depends who you are and depends on your following. I mean, I think it's, it's more, uh, more acceptable the younger you are because if you have a, you know, mid, you know, mid to late twenties up audience, you know, they're, they're probably not really into seeing selfies, but there is a popular gram side of it where it's all people do is post selfies and they're very good at it and have great audiences, but a lot goes into that. It, it, it depends on who you are. If you want to post a lot of selfies, I think Snapchat's more the platform for that. Unless you, you know, don't really care. You got to have thick skin. I mean, to put yourself out there just because, you know, you're going to, people are going to unfollow you. And that, that's probably because I'm a, you know, young younger 30s man if i were you know younger 20s woman you know, i'd probably post more selfies and probably get <laughs> not lose as many followers i like to think that my you know beard looks so good that jealous <laughs> and unfollowed me no, that's exactly but, what happened <laughs> yeah that's what i tell myself at least mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with my big nose uh, that, that was the worst comment that i got that I look like a dinosaur. Are you yeah, serious? I'm gonna look up plastic surgeons and do that, and then I realize, wait, no, my nose, my nose is uh, nice. It's perfectly fine, your nose. <laughs> <laughs> so- and, uh, yeah, I think that some people, you know, it's their feed. I mean, it's their right, and some people prefer and you know follow pages that only post nature shots or you know within reason or you know sometimes like when i post cityscapes you know i won't lose 200 like i do when i post a selfie but if i post a cityscape that's not like mine doesn't have a magnificent sun behind it or something like that yeah i'll lose 25 50 followers just because it's not their style how important is it to really stick with a certain theme within your instagram feed it's, it's it's a difficult topic to answer effectively because in a lot of ways you don't want to pigeonhole yourself. I mean, when you're starting out and you're not thinking about, you know, necessarily business opportunities, yeah, it would stick with something. So you're giving uh, potential users so they know what they're getting into. You don't, you know, a hodgepodge gallery is not as attractive. I mean, it's all about a first impression. I mean, if you have a good cool ratio and, in your, you know, for, it's really about your first two lines of photos in your bio. And um, I mean, in five seconds, they're probably going to decide whether they're going to follow you or not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if they're, if you got a, a quote picture of your food, uh, you know, shiny picture of a sun that is out of focus and then a picture of your dog, they're going to be like, Oh my gosh, that's a lot of stuff. And you know, nothing against it. And you know, I'm not here to judge uh, because I follow people who just, you know, post everyday random stuff too. But, you know, an average person may be less likely to follow you because they don't really know what to expect from you. And does that make sense? Yeah, there's a simplicity to sticking within a theme so that you can really curate your life through a particular lens. Exactly. And, you know, once once you're able to establish a theme, 
then you can branch off it. And, you know, once you've developed, you know, loyalty amongst your audience, they're going to support you in your new endeavors or new styles. And, you know, my city shots still do pretty good. And, you know, I'm not concerned about the few that don't like it or don't appreciate it. And I want people that, you know, are going to support me no matter what I do, as long as I don't, you know, sell out or, you know, do hand lotion commercials. God forbid, right? I, I, I had one offer. So you describe yourself as an extroverted introvert. And one thing that I know that you probably love about Instagram is that it's quiet. And oh, yes, it's the best part. <laughs> and you probably appreciate that museum library type of vibe to this platform because it's not as noisy and in your face like Facebook and so many of the other platforms online are. And while this is a good thing in my opinion, because I love the quiet too, there are new companies like Periscope and Meerkat that are trying to get us to talk and be loud and be heard on video to broadcast our lives. What are your thoughts on the rise of this live streaming? And does live streaming take away kind of from the mystery and the solitude that's felt on the more quieter platforms? It's a fascinating question, mainly because they have a few different opinions on that. And Instagram is a good spot for those who, you know, there's spotlight there if you want to seek the spotlight, but it's done in a, you know, more quiet manner. I mean, you don't have to, you know, make a lot of noise, like you said. I mean, you just let your, you know, pictures and captions do the talking. You know, some people, you know, still will post videos, but I, I think, you know, with the younger generation, you know, that that's the end thing uh, is you know, the periscope and, you know, putting yourself out there. And the reason why in a large part, my belief is uh, it, it's not for everybody. And, you know, the people who are able to put themselves out there and, you know, just go with it, you know, there's a certain level of respect you know, to be able to do that because not everyone can or is willing to. I mean, that's something I'm going to start doing and you know, I have no problem with it. They're totally different avenues in my opinion. And one of the reasons that people might not feel comfortable with doing this is privacy concerns. How do you think that privacy plays a role in some of these platforms, you know, when you have children or when you have a certain type of life that you just don't want people to know about? No, it, it's it's tough to deal with. And I've almost you know, succumbed to the fact that whatever you do or put out there, I mean, it's just out there in the open. I, I've given up just about any expectation of privacy 99% of the time. So I'm just comfortable with what I do. And I've had to change things and uh, from a couple years ago when, you know, I, my Facebook was public and you know, I started getting, you know, 50, 70,000 followers, you know, then people would start looking me up and, you know, going to Facebook and then, you know, making comments, you know, about my kids or, you know, things like that. So I was a little bit weirded out, like, oh, it's, you know, a little intense. You know, I don't don't need everyone knowing everything. But, you know, I manage it more now, you know, just that's what I use Facebook for. It's not my, you know, public sharing platform. It's, you know, just generally a small audience with, you know, some, a lot of social media friends and then, you know, the quote unquote IRL friends. And, you know, that's where I share my kids, my family stuff. And because I don't want to expose them or, you know, give people 
you know, information you know, to that aspect. But, you know, I'll probably post pictures of them again. It's been a couple years since I've done that. What are your thoughts on location? Oh, that's a great question. Totally different reasons, but I'm glad you brought it up. I would definitely recommend tagging just about every post to a location. And that has to do more with followers. I think there's something to do where it links you to a certain area that you're there and that it shows up you know, in more people's Explorer page. Okay, I don't know if a lot of people know this. On Instagram, there's an Explorer page. And when you go to the search feature on Instagram, like you can just be featured on there. Is it because you're tagging your location in the pictures? Does that make it more likely? Yeah, Big Brother Facebook has definitely impacted Instagram analytics and links and relationships. Whereas I've noticed we're just by simply going through and tagging different locations once I started discovering this, you know, I'd start getting new likes and new followers because it goes, you know, based on who you follow, who you like. So if you can establish a connection with someone, you know, who lives in your area by them liking your photo or, you know, you're both from New Jersey, there's a higher likelihood of you showing up in the Explore page, whether it's one of your pictures or just, you know, suggest people who to follow. What is some type of work that you do? I know you mentioned that you work for Fortune 500 companies. Can you describe some work that you do for them? And how does the Instagram platform make some of these corporate companies a bit more human? Well, the human element definitely has a a role to it. But even more important than that is just they see your posts on Instagram. I mean, Twitter, in my opinion, just so noisy. I mean, if you follow any amount of people and I see it seems pretty commonplace to follow 20 to 50,000 or 100,000 or you know at least 5,000 people I mean it's just all noise and I don't think it's an even effective platform and you know I haven't advertised personally with Facebook but I hear that it's pretty much you know pay to play nowadays where you know the organic showing up in people's feed is all but gone whereas in Instagram if someone follows you and you post they're going to see it. So th- that's that's really the the main thing I, I, I hope they're recognizing or hope what's driving it. But yeah, of course, it gives you a different feel to it as well. And, you know, a lot of the companies are partnering with, you know, top, in- top Instagram users to, you know, help tell their story. And there's so many creative people out there. I mean, it, it's just amazing you know, how much of my mind is opened up just by following you know, these great people. And it's, it's really amazing, you know, how, what, what we're all capable of and just seeing people in action, how they do certain things. That's kind of what Snapchat's used for now, from what I understand is like behind the scenes where, you know, if you got a group of people shooting, you know, just kind of fun outtakes and, you know, here's how I set up the camera and, you know, here, here's the angle, here's how I'm doing my shot. So I can see why the, why that's catching on and becoming more attractive. It's a natural progression for Instagram users to, you know, feed into Snapchat. So I'm pretty much going to be doing that. There's so much beauty on Instagram and, and there's so much art and the way and the style that people capture that beauty is such a pure expression of who they are. Is, do you find that you can still make money and make a decent living through Instagram without it taking away from the art? Oh, it's a slippery slope. It really is. And yeah, that's the 
guess slope that I've been you know, struggling with because you know, I, I, tr I find the right opportunities because you know, I'm loyal to my audience and my work. I don't want to take on a project that, you know, clashes like, you know, fashion. I, you know, it's not that I have anything against it, but it, you know, I think there's better people to do it th than me and then, you know, what the audience is, it just creates conflicts. And you see that a lot of times where you can tell people just take money to promote a product that doesn't even jive with who they are. Important to, you know, establish an identity that, you know, people value and relate to, and they'll likely support, you know, the products and things that you support. You mean you won't walk down the catwalk in your high heels? I will. Really? <laughs> oh, heck, well, I don't know about high heels. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll be my, you know, Snapchat avenue will be on my selfies and outfit of the days and cool stuff like that. I totally, I totally kill it. I'd love to see that. I can't wait. So what are some other secrets that you can share with listeners about capturing, you know, good photos and building your community in an organic way without coming across too spammy without you know posting too many selfies what is like the best way to be and exist on this instagram platform that we both love so much i, I would say don't even try to sell anything or you know, be the least bit spammy for until you have thousands of followers because there's no reason you know not to or to be i should say and it's the same, it, the whole Twitter syndrome where people come on and just say, hey, I wrote a blog post and they put a picture of a link. I mean, it's just, it's not Instagram. Try harder. I would tell people to, if, if, you know, try harder and, you know, make an effort to you know, refine a craft and craft and develop an identity. Because I assure you, if once you find your identity and connect with people, Instagram will be by far 100% your most engaged platform bar none. You got to be able to tell a story and give the a reason for people to, you know, follow you, not just in number, but actually become a fan and a supporter of you. So how can listeners become a fan of you, Tony? Where can they find you online? Oh yeah. It, it's, it's a little tough because I share a famous name with a, you know, a guy who sings pretty good. So mm -hmm. when it, Whenever you can't just Google Tony Bennett and find me, um, the easiest way, you know, I would recommend that you download Instagram and, uh, if you haven't yet, give it a try and it's just Tony dot Bennett. That's my username. And then uh, you can also find us, uh, find me on our website at the storytellers com. Thank you so much for joining me, Tony. It was such a pleasure talking with you. Very much. So thank you, Jessica. Thanks for listening to the art of humanity. Please follow us on Twitter at It's Jessica Ann. Join us next week with your host, Jessica Ann. Evolve your business with the art of humanity.